podcast exploring faith and fear, what scares us and what saves us. This is The Fear of God. Hello! From the podcast at the intersection of faith and fear, where every week we discuss what scares us in order to find what saves us. This is the fear of God at Christmas time. Speaking to you right now is one of your hosts, Nathan Rouse. And typically with me is fellow co-host, Reed Lackey. But he is busy vetting his new promotional spot for his rather aggressive spin on the story of Scrooge. I'm sure he'll be along soon to let us know all about it. While we wait on Reed, permit me to remind you listeners that here at The Fear of God, we explore. We don't explain. Except for right now, when I explain that you can find all things foggy at thefearofgodpodcast.com. Things such as how to support us on Patreon and the benefits that come with it. How to purchase Fog swag. How to listen to our entire seven plus year history of episodes. And the absolute unquestionably most significant and important thing you can find at the fear of God podcast.com is wait a minute. Who is this joined by a mouse with antlers stapled to its head, but the one, the only jolly old St. Lackey claws. Listeners. Welcome, welcome, Reed. Uh, <laughs> listeners, thank you for finding your way to us today. We we truly, truly, truly are grateful uh, uh, that you choose to share your time uh, with us. Your it, it's it it means a lot. Um, mm-hmm. we're, we got some stuff to get to because it is Christmas. It's Christmas. Last week, yeah. <laughs> do it, do it. Just go for it. Just whatever. <laughs> <I'm> just <laughs> finally, it's Christmas. Feels like it's been waiting all year. <laughs> I think that's a Hanson Christmas song. Maybe. Yes. I seem to recall yeah. it. Uh, baby, it's cold outside. Yeah. I really Lackey can't stay. Outside. Lackey, it's cold outside. Uh, yeah. Um, okay. Last week, mm. we joined hands with the weirdos of Whoville as we discussed how the Grinch stole Christmas. And today, we are wrapping up our run of Christmas-themed conversations with 1988's Aww. Bill Murray's Twisted Christmas Carol Scrooge. Scrooge. Hey, Reed. Reed. Hmm? Speaking of Christmas, before we before we get to the movie, I think I think I see a gift. <laughs> look, hey, look. Turn around. Look behind you. What? No, really. Tuck behind the tree. Oh no. Okay. There's not something. there. Okay. Do you see? Yeah. Yeah. Do you, yeah. Okay. It's the one. Okay, it's not the one wrapped in a red rider looking like a red rider BB gun. Not that one. Oh, okay. okay. All right. Yeah. Behind it. Behind that. Yeah. Okay. Look. What? Whoa. I've got one here too. I do. Oh my gosh. What, we in, got, the, what in the what world? The what? <laughs> this is a, yes. <laughs> so we have these <laughs> gifts. I mean, I guess t- tis the season for giving, if you will. Um, tis. So tis the season. Uh, okay. Here, it, there's what I know and what I don't know. Here's here's what I know. Apparently, uh, it looks like. A handful of foggers, various friends of the show, uh, assembled by guest and friend of the show, John Venalos, have gifted us something. <laughs> let's open it. Okay. Let's all right. Open it. All right. Let's find out. Here let's we go. Okay. Here we go. We do it together. Okay. okay we're going to do it together. 
Okay. All right. that, that's the only way to do it. All right. Here we oh! Go. What is this? What in the... What? Wait. <laughs> Listeners no. can't see this, of course, For but... For real, what is this? What? What? Oh, it looks my like, gosh. Let me see oh, okay. If you know what I mean. Yes. Okay. All right. Oh, wow, is, I'll show you yours. Okay, this is a deep... <laughs> <laughs> chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Blackie claws. It says... Okay, this is some serious deep cut Star that Wars is, creatures that yes. are... It, is that oh, in wait, our likeness? Wait, wait, wait. Okay, That's so, intense. So I am not as versed on the Star Wars as you are, but this... Brother, I'm versed, but I'm not that versed. Is it, well... These are I, it's, so it's not just cuts. a it's not just a play on my name. It's not so I, you know it's not no, just no, 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 oh no. listeners don't even know what I'm talking about. Okay, so this is all right. What what I have? Show me yours. Oh, Ronto <laughs> Rouse. <Rouse. laughs> <laughs> oh God. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, so, so, all right, mine. It's a, it's a giant Star Wars creature, sort of in my likeness, <laughs> called the Ronto. Um, yes. <clears throat> oh my God! And this one. Uh, so no, yours is not. Yours is not just a play on your name. Yeah. So, uh, Reed Ackley is what mine says. Yeah. And so the Ackley. Yeah. Let me hang on just a second. Let me Wikipedia this mofo. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you my, the only reason I know. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, you first. Go uh, ahead. No. I recognize this creature from the the Geonosis battle in uh, Attack of the Clones. Uh, Reed, oh. it's one of the giant creatures. It's like a like a <laughs> sort of crab esque thing, I think. <laughs> but I don't know where the Ronto shows up. I've got to do a little well, more digging on that. The What's only thing- funny is the only reason. Shh, so I do know a decent amount of Star Wars, but these are pretty deep cuts. Um, that is, okay, yeah. The Ronto only rings a bell because. There's like a there's like a food thing at Galaxy's Edge in Disney World. That's Ronto the Ronto Raptors. something or other. That's, yes. yes. Yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah. Yep. That's uh. So, so that's so, me. You're eating yeah. me when you I, do. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, that is not. Don't ruin one of my favorite Merry Galaxy's Christmas. Edge treats <laughs> for <Yeah>. me. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> oh no. Um. The do you know what this reminds me of? What mine reminds me of what? is uh like a character from uh the Scream Floor and Monsters Inc. That's what the that's yes. what it, it yes. reminds it me. It very of much does look like that. Oh, that is awesome. And it's does wearing, it have spectacles on it? It does. It has three it's it's got three eyes and it has spectacles and it's got a little fedora top hat, like I always wear. Well, what um, do you know? Yeah. Maybe someday when look I go six legs, it'll be well, uh but I mean, sincere, I'm like touching that one. I th- um, <laughs> yes, thank you, Vinalas, oh, for thank you. supervising and and those of you who contributed to make this happen. Merry okay, listen, Christmas. never let what I said. Merry Christmas. It's Christmas. This yes, Merry Christmas. Christmas. That's never awesome. let a salesman miss an opportunity for a shameless plug. Because you know what this makes oh. me think of, Reed. What is if people are listening to this, and if you want more connection with your fellow foggers. You should join Patreon because not only <laughs> speaking of t-shirts, not only is one of the tier rewards, a specialized t-shirt with Jacob Hunt's oh, art on it. Unique to right. the Patreon, yes. but like these gifts during this season of gifting just this year in 2023, we did our first ever covert Krampus. And you know what? Oh, right now, awesome. as of this recording, my covert Krampus gift from whoever it came from is under my tree right oh, now downstairs. Really? <gasps> yep. Yep. Oh, Nanny, I I Nanny opened that. it. Mm. thinking it was hers for a second and i was like back on up <laughs> that's mine that happened that's a true story <laughs> oh really oh i um, uh I, I i don't have mine as of this recording but it's still early yet mm, but mm, i'm mm, yeah mm. It, i'm sure i got lost in the mail um <laughs> anyway so yes join <laughs> patreon and 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 not only be part of the fellowship of the foggers uh, but be part of the covert Krampus next year and we can all open gifts together. Oh, from each so other. That's, awesome. I like gifts. I like having gifts in that spirit. Reed, shall we gift our patrons a special segment? Oh, let's do it. Speaking of movies. Speaking of movies. So about this movie, uh, we are beginning a little tradition that will hopefully carry its way 
through uh, years to come. Uh, and that is of every Christmas season, ostensibly and likely for our Christmas episode, taking and covering one of the many adaptations, the many versions of a Christmas carol that exists. That film has, or that story, the Charles Dickens classic, has been adapted innumerably. Uh, no idea exactly how many times it's been adapted, parodied, uh, d- you know, directly referenced. I mean, it's just, it's, it's everywhere. So anyway, the version that we are doing today, uh, we joked about this last week, but it's ostensibly a kind of a 1988 sort of Christmas time here at the fear of God, because this movie, uh, like Die Hard was released in 1988. We are talking about the Bill Murray starring Scrooged, directed by Richard Donner, which is uh, yeah, fun. Yeah, blew me I had, away. I had forgotten that. Yeah, I had forgotten that. Uh, so, it, it, obviously, when we're doing these adaptations of A Christmas Carol, everybody broadly knows what the story is about. But um, the, the specific summary of Scrooge says, Francis Xavier Cross is a cynical, mean-spirited television executive. He treats his loyal assistant with contempt, and he just sacked a member of staff on Christmas Eve for simply disagreeing with him. Plus, he's alienated himself from his brother, who still insists on inviting him to Christmas dinner despite refusing to go every year. However, Frank is forced to learn the true meaning of Christmas when he's visited by three ghosts. Um, Yes, once again, this is the Christmas Carol version starring Bill Murray. Now, forgive forgive the uh, the you know, kind of dismissive shock that I'm going to have here. But had you seen this before? Was this new to you? Uh, I, I don't know if this was something that... Um, yeah. I What's don't think I had. Um, I was, of course, familiar with... It's uh, Carol Kane, right? I was Carol familiar Kane. with yeah, the yeah, Carol yeah. Kane ghost. I was familiar with the imagery of the, you know, Christmas past ghost. I don't remember that actor's name. Yeah, um, okay. But mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I had not seen it. Um, okay, interesting. How, w- let me have it. What'd you think about it? Um, I'll let you have it like Carol Kane. Um, <laughs> Hit so, you in the face with a toaster. Right. Uh, what, what you, you mentioned Richard Donner and left. Well, maybe you did say, although I think you said this last week, Danny Elfman. I said it left. Yeah. Like, Danny Elfman scoring it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's wild when that kicks in. You're like, oh. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Danny Elfman scored is this, Scrooged. Is this Tim Burton? And then Richard what? Donner directed. I was like, well, what? Um, <laughs> Reed, do you ever have those moments where they make you question a particular opinion you had beforehand <laughs> when you engage them? Okay, sure. So, uh, I, yes, I, I mean, happens more times than I, I wish it I, did. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Do we need to talk about that? <laughs> no, fine. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't happen to me as often as that, but uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Christmas. Um, so, I'm going to put some coal in our stocking here for a second uh, because I am kind of curious where you go with this and there's definitely mm-hmm. good things I can and will point to but uh, I watched this and thought do I like Bill Murray? <laughs> um, I feel like Bill Murray in Scrooged yeah. is not in entirety though mm-hmm. close borderline unwatchable like he he feels like he's in a different movie yeah he feels like now where i want to be fair here is what reading i did do about it because i was so thrown i was like what in the heck (laughs) is up here with this performance it feels like in reading you know behind the scenes stuff that that he and donner did not really get along um or at at minimum we're definitely at at odds with kind of this production um i don't know if it extended beyond this production or or started before it or not but like i even because uh in a humorous bit of podcasting you know sort of time travel i watched it probably about a week and a half ago in prep for an alternate sort of timing thing and so was re-watching a healthy amount of it just over mm-hmm. the course of the last couple of days, like refamiliarizing myself. And in some cases it's the editing in some cases it's other production elements, but like he, 
to say to use the word obnoxious is it would be too would be underselling it. Mm. There are moments where I'm like, I don't believe this character. I don't believe this mm. is a character. Mm. Um, and I definitely don't believe that the just luminescent Karen Allen in this movie is at all taken <laughs> in by this character. Right. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I keep wanting to jump in the I'll jump in right there and say I one of the most unbelievable things about this film is not the appearance of multiple ghosts on Christmas Eve to turn uh, Frank Cross's heart around. It is that Karen Allen's character would be enamored with Frank Cross like at all. <laughs> that is the most well, unbelievable aspect of this movie. And yes. And I, what things I didn't do, I didn't go back and read reviews or anything. Again, I just read some of the IMDb behind the scenes stuff, but like bold statements. And again, I'll get, we'll get around to some good stuff from me. Uh, I don't know exactly where you land on this or your previous experience, but like moments where I'm like, this is not good movie. This is this like mm -hmm. the stitching is evident. The actors are not it to say, to say the two of them in various scenes together don't have chemistry again is understating what's happening. It's like, why is that human even entertaining that human? Right. It's, mm, it's that mm. level of kind of like disbelief at, yeah. at, at how un, uh, unengaged they are towards each other. Uh, sure. now yeah. she's selling the heck out of her role and, and does great. And again, is just really lovely as a character in it. Um, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so, so yeah, it was a weird feeling to, to, to start the movie and get 10 minutes in and be like, he is, He's not in the movie he thinks he is. Mm. He's he's and 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 so on the one hand I want to fault him on the other hand I don't know that it's entirely his fault except that yeah. yes tonally it's comedic the piece but it's not that like mm -hmm. he is mm -hmm. playing for the cheap seats in almost every scene and almost every line. Yeah, of course. Anyway, of course. Did you anticipate yeah, yeah. this this opening salvo? <laughs> uh no, no, but I but I'm here for it. Um so there's a couple of things to comment about. Let me let me start with the Bill Murray of it all. Let me lead with an unqualified, bold statement that I still stand behind. I think Bill Murray may very well be a comic genius. I think he's unquestionably a hysterical, you know, human being, often capable of many wonderful moments of invention, improv, everything. What I have, for good or ill, come to learn about Bill Murray, the human being in the world, has made it challenging and difficult for me to properly assess things he is in. Uh, most recently, so that I'm not being obtuse or too vague about it, uh, I, my wife and I actually listened to the audiobook of Gina Davis's autobiography. Um, she reads it herself. It was delightful. There's lots of wonderful things to be said about many people, uh, in her experience throughout Hollywood, uh, including Jeff Goldblum, which warmed my heart. She used to be married to him. And even though their marriage didn't survive, ultimately she has a, a, an absolute avalanche of wonderful things to say about Jeff Goldblum. Um, well, she did. There she it is. <laughs> there you go. She, uh, does not have such things, such kind things to say about Bill Murray. Uh, you can read her book, which I encourage you to do to find out the specifics of that. But um, that combined with some other anecdotal things about, you know, there's plenty of other stories about uh, Bill Murray doing some great and wonderful things. So pe people are complicated. People have a multitude of different sure. layers and facets. And so I'm not trying to to condemn or indict or praise uniformly anyone. And to be fair, I wasn't speaking to any of that. No, no, no. I, I, I know. No, I know. Material, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But but that plays into my now feelings on Scrooge, which is a film that I have engaged with since I was a kid. Uh, might huh. have seen it shortly after it came out uh, and watched it perennially. Here is how I feel about Scrooge. So that's my feelings about Bill Murray. It's just now anything I watch him in, it is uh, uh, challenging to for me to understand or like to separate out my sure. my feelings about Bill Murray. I can do it. But it, it's work. Um, now, about the film. When I was a kid, I loved this movie. And in fact, younger years, even bleeding into my 20s, I think I loved this movie. When I was watching it this time around, one of my assessments walking away from it was, I think this is a film which appeals, uh, maybe a bold statement, but I'm just going to make it. 
I think this is a film which appeals to juvenile sensibilities, which I don't necessarily feel that I fully have anymore because I can remember what I used to enjoy about this film that in this most recent viewing, I found more grating, a bit more mean-spirited, perhaps obnoxious is too strong a word, but there's this weird disconnect where, (laughs) talking about myself as if I have... Uh, s- some form of, of hyper neurosis or something as if I was sitting on the couch watching it with my teenage self or 20 year old self. And as they're laughing hysterically at everything, I'm going like, really? <laughs> like it was just this weird sort of disconnect. There's a lot of slapstick humor in it. There's, uh, you know, some, some, some kind of hyper, you know, gross aspect. I don't mean gross in the, in the sense of like rude comedy gross, just gross as in like slimy, like, oh, that's a, that's a nasty way to interact with a human being, you know, that one character to that one character. Um, and then also the film is a bit dismissively glib about things that don't slap with a lot of humor to me anymore. Uh, you know, just certain elements of it don't quite land the same way they did for me anymore. Now that having been said, I still, I still like the film, uh, definitely more than I'm expressing in this, in, in this conversation. I still, you know, Really, uh, I didn't mind the watching of it. Uh, many aspects of it I did enjoy. When we get there, I'm probably going to heap a ton of praise around its finale, which I still find very sort of exuberant and, and kind of vibrant, as I do many of the Christmas Carol finales. Um, but I was surprised at myself to find myself not enjoying the humor as much as I remembered enjoying it. It's probably been a few years since I've seen it. And... I remember, you know, kind of like I think before whatever recent uh, update I'm going to do to it, I think this was sitting at like five stars for me on Letterboxd as like a nostalgic classic that I love. And it didn't land that way for me this time anymore. Um, and I think part well, of it is just the the sensibilities just just aren't where I sit anymore. Well, uh, address for me because you didn't mean to, but I feel like you're um – I'm appreciative of your broader film assessment, but do you, do you see what I'm indicating? Ignore the problematic nature of Bill Murray, the person, but like his performance in this, like, yeah, he's, he's very winky. Um, he's very, uh, like with the exception, I, I don't totally agree with what you said. If we're talking about the last 10 to 15 minutes of the movie, the post, Sure. Turn. Uh, I do feel like he's on the wavelength of this movie in a way that I find very spirited, pun intended. But the rest of the film, I feel like he's just showing up on set and doing his Saturday Night Live bit. Yes. As this character, that that is the way I feel about it. If I was objectively assessing, which to be fair, sometimes works. I, there's sometimes some really funny lines because again, I do feel like Bill Murray is is comedically often quite brilliant um but to your point i do feel like the people around him showed up to portray characters in a film and he is the guest host for saturday night live if scrooged was saturday night live that is my objective assessment of bill murray's performance in this film if that makes sense it does it's just such a weird it's just such a weird sort of, I don't know, like experience watching what is production wise strong, you know? Yeah. Um, no, I, yeah. I have no real a lot of the, there. a lot of the visual elements, a lot of the traditional Christmas Carol ghost trickery stuff, all, all works, all largely looks good. And some places is quite effective. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's just weird. It's so asynchronous. It's like, and then, and then there's him kind of, to your point, like winking and, and, you know, Constantly. mugging, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, just like left and right in a way that, yeah, you, you said it well, he's, he showed up for an hour and a half sketch <laughs> and everybody else is trying to do a movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and, and maybe pivoting to a bit of things that, that, that really work for me. Um, that involve him. Like, I actually think one, one of my favorite interactions, but it's largely in spite of him as opposed to because of him. I find the Carol Kane bit of it all very entertaining. Um, I think, I think she's, I, I kind of just adore her. I think that's part of it for me is that I just, uh-huh. I kind of adore Carol Kane. 
Um, and I think when she shows up and she's doing her thing, she's just beating him up. <laughs> she's just beating the fool out of him. I find that funny. Um, I, I, I like that interaction. Um, I, but of course he's my, he's, you know, one of my favorite literary characters at all in history or time, but I like this rendition of Jacob Marley, the Jacob Marley I, thing. Yeah, I think, I like I, it. I think it works really, really well for this setting. I think it works. I think, uh, you know, of course, John Forsyth, even at the time, was a legendary actor. So I think he knows what he's doing and knows how to inhabit the screen. I think everything about the Jacob Marley bit works. Hey, um, let's um, let's do yeah. this, if you don't mind. Um, okay. Because, yeah, there's the Scrooge production elements, and then there's the Christmas Carol track as well. I want to mm. mm-hmm. jump on the Christmas Carol track for a moment because you, you pointed to something. So... I feel like I'm correct here okay. that the Christmas Carol text is mankind was my business. Whereas yes. the scripting here is mankind should have been my business. I E a, I chose a thing. I chose the wrong thing. Right. Uh, right. Whereas the texts Marley saying mankind was my business and again, it might be a a a convention of the the British syntax or you know kind of wordplay that I'm absent here. I can't tell. I liked the way Scrooged Marley presented. I I did it wrong. Like yes, and right, you are right. too. Mm-hmm. I yeah. in the times I've encountered the the traditional Dickens text don't hear that. Even though I I can't tell if. That's the intention. Oh, oh, uh, it does make sense. I, I think that it is, I think that it is probably British syntax. The, the, the Jacob Marley lament is mankind was my business. Uh, the common welfare was my business. Charity, mercy, forbearance, benevolence were all my business. The dealings of my trade were but a drop of water in the comprehensive ocean of my business. So I do feel that the, the, the text is trying to point to he made the wrong choice and didn't realize what he should have realized. I, I, I do feel like the well, modern, yeah, the modernization to, of it conveys yeah. that more effectively. Well, my apologies for inter- interjecting there, but I guess definitionally those sound to me like arriving at similar conclusions, but on different paths. In other words, mm, the, mm. the Marley, the Scrooged Marley sounds like he's saying, I focused on these things when mankind should have been my business, i.e. Yeah. Hey, Frank, mm-hmm get your shit together. Right. Sure. Yeah. Whereas yeah, yeah, what I yeah. hear in the other one is, or the way your recitation just sort of pointed to was sounding like he was saying, I was involved in all of these things. You chose to only see this one. Is that, Oh, a no, 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 no. He's yeah. Uh, because when Marley in the text of, of Dickens book laments that it is because Scrooge has tried to compliment him. And said, you were always a good man of business. And Marley re- responds to him like, business? And he's like, mankind was my business. You know, so he's trying to say like, he's trying to tell him like, business, <laughs> like, I missed what my business should have been. Okay. And that's yeah, what, yeah, and that is yeah. rooted that's, in his. That's what I'm after, yeah. uh, and, effectively. It's yeah. just the wording of it in the original text is not the way we would say it. And well, that's why I responded positively to the way he says it not because i was like oh dickens got it wrong that wasn't the point no 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 no. okay this is a different layer that i didn't initially perceive and it's it's rooted in marley's final line uh again text of of the book it's rooted in marley's final line where he said the dealings of my trade were but a drop of water in the comprehensive ocean of my business you know so basically scrooge has complimented him like hey you were a big success he was like i was an utter failure because i focused all on that drop of water instead of the comprehensive mm, mm, ocean mm, mm. of what i should have been focusing on i do agree with you the you know 19th century british syntax doesn't necessarily always convey cleanly to to you know our common sensibilities but i do think he's did that that is yeah, what yeah. he's saying well um, that's what i've always kind of assumed uh, sure. even though the the text isn't exactly how we would say it that way. And so that's why I was appreciative because here's what's hard about, and, and I'm, I'll be interested in the coming, in the coming years, right. To, (laughs) to engage some of these, what Mm -hmm. I do appreciate about it is, you know, I love the sort of 
Dickensian aesthetic. Um, yeah, yeah. But there is a lot of value in like, let me see the analogs to mm. our modern mm-hmm. sort of understanding and, and sensibilities, and, and everything. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. kind of ways of speaking and uh, that sort of thing. So I, I do appreciate um, that aspect of it a good bit. Sure. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, and I think that like one of the things that I feel is really important about, so this, so this is to a degree going back to Bill Murray. One of the things that's important about getting a Christmas Carol right is you have to believe, I think, and this is really rooted in the portrayal and the performance of whoever plays Scrooge. Right. You have to believe that he is utterly reprehensible and unlikable, but that he has not always been that way. You have to believe that there is a, there is a kernel of something there that wasn't always like that. And that might find its way back to that or else the, the end of it, you know, doesn't land. It doesn't make any sense. Um, I, of course, we won't ever be covering this version of it because ostensibly it's the, it's the version that we partnered up when we covered the text of this. But, uh, George C. Scott remains one of my favorite performances of, 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 of Ebenezer Scrooge that I've ever seen because of the way he layers in these prospects and possibilities along the way. Back to Bill Murray. Again, with Bill Murray sort of like coldly guffawing everywhere, he strikes it all as just like reprehensively cynical through everything. Like he's just he he's just dreadfully uh obnoxious and cynical, for instance. And and yeah, I mean, you gotta modernize the sensibilities, you gotta put the thing where the thing is. Whereas Bill Murray in Scrooged. This is not necessarily his fault because the script put it there. Whereas Bill Murray in Scrooge fires a man on Christmas Eve for disagreeing with him, throwing him out and cancels his Christmas bonus like right there. Scrooge in the Dickens text begrudgingly and sourly and complainingly still gives Bob Cratchit Christmas Day off. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, you know, there's there there is a there is a canyon to be crossed for right exactly like how far you can go as in terms of who Scrooge is and what Scrooge does. Sure. Uh, you know, and, and, and that is, I mean, Scrooge in Dickens original text is, uh, uh by the text of the, uh, of the book, he's an odious, stingy, hard, unfeeling man, but there is still a kernel of something that can be altered, that can be changed. And Bill Murray in Scrooge just strikes as like, man, he is, he has just kind of lost all sense of humanity. He's sitting there, you know, telling uh, his his secretary to give herself a towel. <laughs> like, what? You know, and anyway, it's just, yeah. For me. Meant for comic effect. For, yeah. for me, though there are a few funny bits Murray does, his frank cross as a character doesn't doesn't work like yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, it, yeah. and yeah, so yeah. and so it's kind of like i feel like i'll just end up beating up on it over and over to, to yeah i get that continually um comment on it um do you want to pivot to some stuff you do like or maybe that's where you're yeah, about yeah. to go yeah, yeah yeah go ahead um because again to be fair like uh, you know there's some st- i i do this sounds kind of two-faced i do think that production itself is is good and strong and looks great um i agree i <laughs> I've already referenced it. I think Karen Allen is fantastic as the, you know, yes. uh, mm-hmm. the sort of Scrooge surrogate love interest. Yeah. Um, the Bell character. I, <laughs> I don't know if this, if, if these would fall in the buckets of your uh, dislike of its juvenility, but the two of the really funny bits that I didn't anticipate enjoying as much as I do is I think Bobcat Goldthwaite is great. Like he's a st- <laughs> I love He's funny. that He's recurring funny. bit. I mean, I, I didn't, cause again, I, if I'd seen it, it was so long that I would not have remembered that, that gag recurring of his, you know, just <laughs> continual <laughs> declining in his st- station. Yeah. And, status and, just, and he plays it. So just, yeah, he's great. What a he's weird great. guy, but, but yeah. you know, so good there yeah. that, and I think they wear it out by the end of it, but I did love the, this is just 
structurally speaking, good comedy, the, the repetition of a, of a gag and the building, which is the censor, uh, her continued, um, it's funny. Um, yeah. oh, it's just so great. stupid, but, uh, that, that kind of humor I can, <laughs> I can really enjoy. Um, it always just, it always just lands on her. I think that's, I, I do think that's pretty hysterical as far as the funny bit. I love, and this was accidental, which is why probably why it works for me as much as it does. I love his his slip and fall leaving the restaurant. Yeah, it was it was accidental. Yeah, it right. wasn't intended. Yeah, and uh, and they left it in. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's really funny. It's hysterical. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's really funny. And I I do think like ignoring some of his sort of interactions with the scene. I think that scene is good. Like when he's mm. seeing the. You know the the server caught on fire, that kind of thing. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, the eyeball so, yeah. and the highball. <laughs> uh-huh. um, yep. Eyeball and the highball. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, th- those would be just some kind of pedantic. You know, like here are some things I enjoyed about the movie. In addition to like when Marley shows up, I think he looks great. I think that's a pretty oh, yes. kind of mm-hmm. creepy scene and and mm-hmm. genuinely gross by the end of it. In in a in a like good horror kind of way. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. And, and Marley as a character should be scary. Like the Christmas Carol is ostensibly by, by narrative and design. It's a ghost story. And the two things that need to be scary for it to work are Jacob Marley and the ghost of Christmas future. Those various other places can be scary, but those two kind of need to be scary for the story to really land where it needs to be. And I do feel like I don't quite feel that way with the ghost of Christmas future in Scrooged, but I feel like the, the, the Jacob Marley, we keep calling him that in, in this film, he's the former executive named uh, the former president named Lou Hayward. And uh, he in this uh, I think is, is, it is a bullseye. I love those, you know, those five to six minutes or whatever that, that he's on screen. I just love the way he engages with Frank Cross. I love the, you know, the, the, the attitude he brings to it. You talk about it being a kind of a creepy scene. Oh my gosh. When he like pushes through the glass, like yeah. liquid and oh man, it's great. It's well awesome. that, but then just his arm falling apart. That's yeah. And then, yeah. And then Murray is like, clenching at his arm and his arm is just coming apart in his hands yeah it's 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 really cool um well i feel like you've you've kind of tiptoed us up reed because listen you know nathan's feelings about bill murray the world's feelings about bill murray (laughs) reed's feeling like lest we forget we're harsh i read so (laughs) if it's gory if it's gross if it causes you a fright it's time for the part of the show that we call that ain't right. <laughs> that ain't right. It ain't right. Nothing right about it. No, it ain't right. No, it ain't right. No, that ain't right. It ain't right. It sure is telling it right. It sure is telling it right. That ain't right. That ain't right. That sure as hell ain't right. Oh, Lord. Um... Do you mind if I go first? Nope. Okay. Look, it's low-hanging fruit, okay? It's low-hanging fruit. I get it. But it's just kind of, I don't know, everything about his Bill Murray, Frank Cross's proposed advertisement for (laughs) the Scrooged special is, it just, it's so stupid. Acid rain. International terrorism, you know, it's like highway it's murder. A, I don't remember. Yes, yeah, yeah, freeway murders. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh my god! And then it's like, you know, if there was ever a time we need the meaning of Christmas, and I'm just like, oh my god, yeah, that ain't right. That ain't right. That ain't right. This this would be a that's so right, but I did laugh out loud at Mary Lou Retton as Tiny Tim doing the, <laughs> the you know. <laughs> Ford handspring or whatever it's called. (laughs) (laughs) She drops the crutches and suddenly she's a gold metal gymnast. (laughs) Um, Well, from out that ain't right, it is the creatures under Christmas futures rope. I mean, Oh, that's, Mm -hmm. that's rough. They're gross. Um, Yeah. Oh yeah. 
there's almost a little bit of Sam Raimi esque energy going mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. the to the movie. Um, yeah, yeah, especially yeah, those, in that scene. Yeah, yeah, those things are nasty. Um, it's just, uh, you know, traditionally, or at least in the George C. Scott version, it's it's kind of starved children or something like that right and they're not yeah. even under future's robe they're under presence robe mm. um and so Come yeah and know me better man yeah yeah it's interesting because yeah the the their names are fear and want um and they 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 are basically representative of the you know the depreciation that we provide for the generation that comes after us and and it's very metaphorical in scrooged it is more this representation of kind of like a, a hellscape, if you will. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, and, and with these sort of, you know, puppeteered, you know, tortured faces uh, underneath it's his gross. robe. Yeah. Yeah. It's really gross. Yeah. Do um, you got another one? Uh, I can. Yeah. Um, basically, when he reapproaches her, during the present, like, you know, he's a, he's away from the Carol Kane of it all. And he's back into like ostensibly the real world and really interacting with everything. Uh, just his treatment and dismissiveness of the volunteer work that everybody's done. Uh, it, it speaks again to how out of touch this character is, but also that he's like lost the arc. Um, I'll say it this way. W- what happens in the rhythm of Charles Dickens's past, present and future is past he is reminded with sympathy of what he used to love and what he used to be affectionate with in present he is shown what he is missing out on he he is shown like oh my god look at all this joy and bounty that i never realized was here that i never realized was like available to me um and so one more place again where i just feel like scrooge kind of doesn't track that arc as effectively as it possibly could is after he's already ostensibly been through two spirits, he's still, you know, very reductively dismissive to the volunteer work that these people do in partnership with Karen Allen's character. And so, uh, yeah, it's not as overt of a that ain't right as as some of the other things, but that really stuck well, out. But to it, 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 to call it a fly in the ointment is mm-hmm. underselling it. I mean, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, mm-hmm. by the end of the movie, why ignore the ceremonials or the celebratory sort of finale part. Why would any of these people want her to be with him? Right. You know? Yeah. No, um, absolutely. Yeah. It, absolutely. Based on that scene. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He says some nasty um, things. Yeah. Um, I think uh, it's already been pointed to, but just the general presentation of Marley, I would, I would classify as a, that mm-hmm. ain't right. Like the, the rat creeping out of the back of his head. Oh my God. Think, it's great. Um, you know, <laughs> and then crawling the, back in. <laughs> Uh, and then just the arm Mm -hmm. part that we've referenced already of just it it literally is snapping and and it's gross it's gross yes Um, it's wonderful i love it well reed i mean you know did you squirm did you wince Mm -hmm. did you squint your eyes real tight like now it was probably because of what we around here call (laughs) <laughs> oh holy night that ain't right <laughs> <laughs> that sure as hell ain't right <laughs> because of what we around here called oh holy night <laughs> speaking speaking of which this is totally apropos of nothing but i know Please. you loved i know you watched ted lasso and 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 presumably still love ted lasso hannah waddingen has right. a christmas special have you seen it yet nope um it's wonderful. You should watch it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to spoil not the only the, person who has said it. Although yeah, you did it, just spoil for me that she sings Oh Holy Night. But she, well, that's, yeah, that, that's what made me think of it. And just right. as soon as she, as soon as she, as soon as we heard the opening intonations of it, my wife and I both sitting on the couch like, Oh God, stop it. Like in, in the best way where we're just like, now sure. we're going to be, yeah. now we're going to be a, a, a puddled mess of tears and, and appreciation with Hannah Waddingham's beautiful voice singing Oh Holy Night. So anyway, yes. Yeah. There's Okay. Yeah. Well, if you'd stop talking, maybe I could go watch it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Shut up and let me get to it. Uh, Um, Yeah. I want to throw out just, I know, you know, 
One, like Hint of Lime Doritos, I just want, or Hint of Lime uh, <laughs> Tostitos, I just want to thank you for gifting me uh, an affection, uh, a, a recent in life affection for a Christmas Carol. I mean, I really, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it has really, you know, I, I do. I, I, uh, I try also with It's a Wonderful Life uh, that mm. uh, and the George C. Scott, I will try to work through. And, and it is very common for us to have the Muppet Christmas Carol uh, oh, play, um, wonderful. you know, during the during the holiday week. You know, so I'm, I'm grateful to just kind of swim around and the the ideas of this material uh, and for all of my. Again traditionally like the guy and traditionally like what he has brought to the things I've seen him in. It is, it is not, you know, kind of out of bounds to say, I, I kind of dislike Bill Murray in this movie mm-hmm. and what he, mm-hmm. what he does. Mm-hmm. But even for all of that, there was this, and I, I actually, I actively tried to find it again today to like, okay, where was it? And I, I couldn't find it, but there was a moment the first time I watched this, and it was one of the scenes between he and is it Grace? Is that her name? Grace. No. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's one of their scenes where even with all the sort of plaque I'd built on my sort of attitude towards his performance, I got a little misty eyed just at the, mm-hmm. and I think it's a present moment. It's not, it's not one of the, the visions, but okay of just how real it is to, to forget, to, to lose sight and to how, and, and, and let me rephrase that to, to be confronted with reminding, right. To Mm, mm, like, there was, mm. I don't don't even remember exactly what the scene was, but it did happen in watching their interaction, her just so, you know, kind of just this lovely spirit who's, who's about, the things that you know mankind is her business yeah yeah quite literally in in the face of the drop of water or drop in the ocean that is what he's about like yeah. watching those two polarities interact mm, mm-hmm. was 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 kind of moving and powerful of just like man we we <laughs> even for you know, people like ourselves who like to think we focus on the right things and like to think we yeah. ponder yeah. on, you know, whatever is good, holy and, you know, worth thinking on. Like we still get caught up in, you know, that drop of that drop of the ocean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And focus on that and, and to just have that sort of sobering, arresting moment of like this 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 is your one precious life (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah yeah you know and we all these ghosts doing all they can Mm -hmm. and these people in front of you uh, at their best will do what they can but you also gotta kind of take some account for what you're holding on to and keep it in view. I don't know if that making is making any sense. Oh yeah. Yes, it very much does. Um, and, and puts me in remembrance of a crucial component of a Christmas Carol, which is that these ghosts often treated in film and adaptations as like contrary kind of antagonistic presences are actively working to pull in this film, Frank Cross, but pull Scrooge back into like they're, they're trying to restore him. Like that yeah. that's that's the effort of the spirits in this in this uh, film, which I find or the film in the story, which sure. I find beautiful. And to a point you were making, I, I I don't know if this is a point you intended to make. In this film, I think Karen Allen, in her performance, in her presence, kind of her natural charisma just the way she inhabits the scenes she is doing more of that yeah. than the rep in in scrooged she is doing more of that than the representation of the the different spirits and that's you know it's fine we're gonna actually i'm kind of excited to have a little bit more of an analytical approach to some of these films and revisit them over time and kind of catalog 
seeing how different productions approach this story different ways. I find that fascinating. I, I, I love that. Um, but I do feel like, and, and not for nothing, she's called Grace in the film. Right, right. And, um, and, and I do feel like she, you know, when he calls her after ostensibly 15 years of silence, she's right there. She comes. Right. And, and, and she is present with a big wide smile. And really, when she kind of cuts him off, it's because he's being a bridge too far obnoxious. But then during his, uh, reclamation scene, you know, in the end, you know, she, she runs right back to him. You know, she's she's exuberant again. There's this kind of uh, evergreen quality to her affection, however unbelievable we find it, however sure. however unrealistic we may think it is. There's this uh, evergreen quality to her willingness to give him another chance because of who she knows and believes is in him. Despite, I say this sincerely, all evidence to the contrary. Um, and, uh, and, and I do find that lovely and I'm glad that that is present in this film, even though it doesn't come from the spirits, even though it doesn't come from the presence of those, uh, uh, you know, of those ghosts who really are, are supposed to be the ones who, uh, embody that to his character in other iterations of the story. So I've got this note written here. Okay. And for the life of me, I don't know the context, but. Maybe for the sake of documentation, maybe for the sake of sharing with a friend. Uh, I don't think this is a line from the text because usually I put those in quotation marks or from the film. And maybe it was just a moment of me pondering in the watching. And it just says, for a couple hours, we are the people we always hoped we would be. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. I don't know. I'm kind of arrested by that idea. Like, yeah, yeah. What does it look like to more actively interrogate that idea to, mm, mm. to live into that, to, to, cause I do think there are times where we can, you know, lament, well, this isn't how I thought it would be, or that isn't how I thought it would be, or, right, you know, right. I'm not quite who or what I thought it would be. Those, those are real. Yeah. And those yeah, are at yeah, least yeah. worth kind of name checking in our spirits. But, but then to do the work of like, okay, well, how do I, and even, even that feels overly, um, overly analytical, but like be, <laughs> yeah, who yeah. you hoped you would be. And you're not going to succeed more often than not, but yeah, do it. You know, I, I don't know. Again, it's it's written in my notes as themes from this movie, so I must have thought about it in the watching of it. There is a certain so so. I have a piggyback on what you're saying, and one observation about this production that just is a choice, and it just is what it is. Um, it's it's hard. I, I'll say it this way: I often in, am confronted with the person that I wish I was when I am getting it wrong, and that is very difficult. Because say that again, I'm often confronted with the person I wish I was when I'm getting it wrong. Mm, mm, That's okay, how right. I find out that I am not who I wish I was is because I'm, I'm realizing that I'm getting it wrong. Um, and that's difficult because I would love to say, and I don't think you were saying this, but I would love to believe of myself. Oh, um, I can be who I want to be. Like I can be the person that I mean to be. And I feel like. The only time I really effectively do that is when I'm confronted with a series or a moment of a bad choice that I'm like, that's, that's not who I want to be. <laughs> I was, I was inhabiting this space. I don't want to inhabit that space. And something that I think just fundamentally, you know, it's going to sound to listeners like, why in the world did you guys pick this movie if you feel this way about this movie? Well, no, this is, this is the exercise. This is to, to think about the different things. Frank Cross says early on in this film, he said he is the youngest president of a network, you know, in history or something. You know, he's a young man. I know that Christmas Carol is my favorite book, and I have sat with this text for the decades of my life. But I think it is significant and important. I, I have said some version of this before. It is significant and important that Scrooge in the Charles Dickens book is an old man. Right. Because. A life can we, be made right. 
yes, it is not too late. You can reach the end, the near term to where it's like, oh man, um, I have I have got more years behind me than ahead of me. And you can still reach that moment and determine, like, okay, I am, I, you know, as is said in the text, I'm, I'm, I'm not the man I was, you know. I, I can be different. I can be. I can make different choices. I can make better choices. Um, and I feel like that is crucial and vital to understanding uh, the heart and spirit of the story of a Christmas Carol. Um, the film has a tougher mountain to climb that bill murray frank cross is a younger character who goes through any number you know when we're younger we go through any number of changes uh as a result of what life will throw at us but i think it is important you you talked about for a couple of hours we are the how did you say it for a couple of hours we are the people we, we the wish people we were we always hoped we would be yeah we are the people we always hoped we would be and I feel like an important element of embodying that is remembering that if you were only the person you hoped you would be for a couple of hours, the good news is is that through patience, through grace, through some work, through thoughtfulness, through care and attention, you can come back to that. You will drift away from it. I think this is an important thing for me to know. Like, I say me, maybe for all of us, but you'll drift away from it. it. It's wonderful that for a couple of hours, you were the person you hoped you would be. Despair not when in a few days you are no longer that person. Anymore. <laughs> right, right. D- d- despair not when you then have a moment that you're like, man, why did I get this right on Christmas Eve? And now I'm messing up again. Well, the good news is, is that we that 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 we not we are not necessarily arriving. There is only becoming. You know, like we are we are moving in directions as we flow through this. And the reminder of this kind of thing is, we all need a recalibration. We all need an opportunity to to just say, okay, all right, I am I'm steering off course, uh, and and I need. The spirits of the the season, the spirits of my past and the lessons I've learned, my present and what is before me, and the future that I want to inhabit and the future that I want to help create. I need those spirits to guide me into becoming the person I hoped I would be. And the beauty of, you know, I'll go ahead and toss in the gospel, uh, but certainly the beauty of this Dickens story is that, well, if you are breathing, if you are, you know, if you still have enough cognizance to think of that, that thought, that purpose, then you have to some degree the ability to move in that direction instead of this one. And that's a beautiful and powerful thing. It's a very powerful thought that if you even have the cognizance of mind to think of a question like that and to interrogate a question like that, then you have some degree of capability to make it a reality. And forgive yourself when you haven't, and wake up and realize that the spirits did it all in one night, and you haven't missed it. <laughs> and you can and you can decide. You can you can just decide different. And it doesn't mean you know. I'm ostensibly trying to wind down uh, if that's possible, but you know it doesn't mean that you're living in denial of the bad choices that you've made, and that you're living in 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 denial of things that you've done wrong, maybe bridges you can't cross back again. Uh, I love, this is not relevant to Scrooge, but I love that in the text of it, he can't, he can't get Belle back. Belle's gone. Belle lived her life. You know, he, he, he can't go back to her and some, some bridges can't be crossed back. And, and I think, I think that's also important to remember, but that doesn't have to mean that it's the final word, the last statement, the verdict on who you are. You can make a different choice. Uh, you can getting back to, the Scrooge of it all, put a little love in your heart. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) 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 Oh man. Mm. Um, So yeah. Yeah. I, I hope, uh, I hope that makes sense, but yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Um, I'm a fan. I want to dance in my, my night shirt. 
well, unless unless you had more to ponder, more to consider, I think we can probably safely go to the fog meter for Ye Old Scrooged, directed by Richard Donner. Um, these are going to be difficult on the fog meter, I think, because there is the text of Christmas Carol to to deal with. So I'm I'm, I'm going to try as a mental exercise for myself to keep the no, fog meter relative the to this. Yeah, just to the film. Um, so the fog meter is our specific metric of fear and God, the way in which we categorize and rank uh, the scares and the substance of a film. It doesn't grade films on their quality per se, but on their their heft, their gravity what they ask of you as a viewer. Um, so I'll go first for fear. There's some, there's some grisly kind of stuff in this that I, that I think are effectively creepy that I respond to better than some of the other things that the film kind of attempts. Uh, so I'm actually, this, this is me being generous to the film to, uh, on the fear measurement to give it a six. Um, what would you give it for fear measurement? Um, I won't be that generous, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the design of some of the elements, the, uh, just general production aspect, uh, I'm gonna give it a four. Okay. Um, what would you give if, if we're just focusing on Scrooged, what would you give it for God? Well, we often identify the God quotient as what the film does versus what we bring. Um, so mm, to me, what mm. the film does, I'm going to go with a six. Um, okay. I think in ways you've identified some of the, the weaknesses in the architecture just coupled with not feeling like the performance of the Scrooge character kind of embodies the, the arc I would have hoped for. Yeah. Okay. No, that makes sense. Um, I actually think I'm going to join you on your six. There's some moments that work for me. Maybe I haven't highlighted them enough in this conversation, but there's some moments that really work for me and some other moments that I think because I'm so beholden to the text, but also because of what I think the text is trying to convey versus what this film is conveying. Uh, but I think I'm going to join you on your six uh, for, for that end. And that means that we give Scrooged specifically uh, a five and a half on the fog meter, uh, which we can round up or down as we, as we see fit. But it's a five and a half on the fog meter. Uh, interestingly enough, that's what we gave how the Grinch stole Christmas. Um, (laughs) (laughs) but, uh, perhaps a trickier question is, would, would you recommend Scrooged? No, Mm, I thought about this. And what's really funny is lately I've been like, do we need the recommendation question at the end of our, every episode? (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know, just cause probably nine out of 10, we tend to, um, sure. Fair. uh, But, but I, I think. I don't think it's like this abysmal, you know, just utterly worthless viewing experience for someone. But because of my misgivings about the performance aspect by the lead, sure. because of what I've grown to have deep affection for of the source material, I just, I don't, I don't really like on that level. No, at all. Okay. Really. Yep, yep. 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 That's fair. So, um, as is, typical read lackey fashion my answer is not going to be simple uh but here's what i will say as a representation of the story of a christmas carol i do not recommend scrooged uh full stop as a representation of this story but brownie points for different it's pretty different from other adaptations where everything is kind of baked in and predictable this one is not so much that so on that note, if you're looking for something different and you're looking for something that's like an unconventional approach to this story, maybe I would say to check it out with a bunch of, you know, with, with some caveats, uh, which we've already gone into. I haven't highlighted it enough. And I will say this. I do find his, I, I've said it, but I'm, I'm highlighting it here. I find his transformative renewal at the end where he's just like mm-hmm. being honest into the camera and uh you know where he talks about how he's going to make things different and and just you know ca- captivating everybody uh with how he's going to approach his life differently i do find that very moving i i do think that's you know it's sometimes still a little juvenile like where he's talking about positions when he's trying to woo karen allen across the street i get uh, i get that mm-hmm. but um, at the same token, I do find that 
to be, you know, sincerely kind of touching and moving, especially when he starts tearing up at the end. Um, so, uh, so yeah, I, I, I do appreciate that, but there are better representations of, of this story, uh, than Scrooged is, and I'm sure we'll get to them across the years. <laughs> um, so Nathan, thank you very much yeah, man. Uh, for this. Um, so I know what we are doing next year, but I do not know what it will next year, next week. But I don't know what it'll entail because next week is going to be our final episode of wow. 2023, which is very difficult to believe. But uh, it is going to be our New Year's party. We're going to have a, a, a band of friends and foggers together on the same pod. As of this recording, we don't yet know if we're going to be talking about an individual film, if we're going to be doing just sort of a hodgepodge of New Year's party questions and stuff. I'm not sure. Um, but Stay tuned for next week's uh, wonderful little New Year's party where we get the band together. And I appreciate you, Nathan, for coming to watch Scrooged with me. Yeah, and man. Uh, uh, thank you, listeners, very, very much as well. As we say on every episode, the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. In that spirit, I encourage you, we encourage you to fear nothing else and be on your way rejoicing. We'll see you next week, everybody. Merry, Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas, guys. The fear of God is the beginning of wisdom, but not the end of the conversation. And you can continue the conversation in a variety of ways. Start by visiting thefearofgodpodcast.com for links to our social media and episode archive, essays, merchandise, and more. If you love what we do, consider becoming a patron by visiting patreon.com slash thefearofgodpodcast, where you will unlock exclusive bonus episodes, extended standard episodes, online events, and so much more. Special thanks to Jacob Hunt of TracerMatula.com for our artwork. Our assortment of talented musicians, Andrew Nelson, the Island Family, and Jackson Harper for our varied show tunes. And to Lee Wright and Reed Lackey for our theme music. Special thank you also to Tyler Smith at MoreThanOneLesson.com. Lastly, be sure to subscribe to us on your podcast platform of choice. And if you listen to us through Apple Podcasts, we would greatly appreciate a rating and a review. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Hi, everybody. <laughs>